Hello, 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 and welcome to another episode of the Jock Mailbag. My name is Damo, and joining me, as always, is Clarky. How are you? Doing, doing fine. Doing fine. Not a great round for me. 2193 dropped 200 spots, so I'm now just sitting outside the top 3K. Still the best result I've ever had uh, in my Supercoach career, uh, but Melbourne uh, 8-0, and and I was at that Sydney game, and it felt bloody good. I wish my team was going as good as yours, both in Supercoach and on the field, but half of my team, both in Supercoach and on the field, are injured. So, you know, I've had that to deal with. I feel like this year, if uh, if your players haven't been injured, it's just kind of a curse of you'll have players that should score a certain way that then don't, and then all of a sudden Josh Ke- Josh Kelly is scoring 110-plus scores for no reason, but meanwhile Sam Walsh scored an 89. Like That was pretty painful for me this week, and I feel like that's kind of a trend where the guys that I have that should be scoring big are scoring average, and then the guys that I have that I'm like, oh, it's okay if you score 90 points. I'll take that, are scoring like 140. Yeah, it's been it's been a really weird year for like who's been scoring well and who hasn't and the scoring trends, and I think the new rules have really sort of adjusted or leveled the playing field in that sort of sense. Um, surprisingly enough, this week there hasn't been a major issue to come out of the weekend. We haven't had a major injury or anything. We've sort of had things trickle through after the weekend, like the uh, Shea Bolton and da- Daniel Rioli stuff. Um, people traded in Shea Bolton a few weeks ago or even last week as a potential forward premium. He's now going to miss three weeks. Um, so there's so there's little things trickling through, and we've got questions um, regarding everything, every color of the rainbow to do with <laughs> Supercoach. And we tried something a little bit different this week to get your questions. Uh, Lekdog uh, is the savior of this podcast. He created a thread on the uh, website to get your questions in because it got to about Tuesday lunchtime and we had only had two. So... Thank Lekdog for this episode. Thank you, Lekdog. I love you, you beautiful man. And the first question comes from Denim or Denham. I assume it's Denim. Um, like the gene. Not spelt that way, though. <laughs> Go on. Sorry. How, how is full primo even possible this year? Well... And Damo, uh, I'm actually going to directly quote you so that you don't have to say it for probably the fourth time that I've heard you say it on this podcast. You're just going to have to lower your expectations. Um, I think you kind of touched on it a little bit before where you know the new rules that we've had this year have kind of, you've seen a lot of the successful teams they don't necessarily have like a lot of super coach players who are doing everything, but the people in their teams are doing roles, which has had other people then present themselves forward as more premium options. So picking up guys like Stephen May last week, he's not a guy who historically we go, he scores really well. But at the end of last year, we kind of saw what he was capable of and his role this year within the Melbourne team kind of allows him to get more points because he floats around. Same with Jake Lever. Um, but you, you look at that and then you you look at the guys who are sitting at the top echelon. They're not the same guys that we bought at the start of the year. Those uber premiums that we thought, 
were going to be at the top. I think the only ones that are still there are probably Jack McRae and Clayton Oliver in terms of consistency, if I think that's fair. Um, so full premium is totally possible, but you're kind of going to have to pick your moments, get the guys on the rise and get your guys while they're cheap. And just while we're talking about guys on the rise, there's going to be some players returning from injury and there's going to be some players coming through fairly soon from different clubs that have had a six to eight week or three to four week injury that had to be subbed out of the game that they were injured in. And so they've now got a high break even. So you really got to learn to pounce at the right moment as well, because there'll be players coming down to about the 400k mark, which is pretty much perfect price to to jump on some some of these injured returnees. Yeah, full premium is going to be hard. Don't get me wrong, Denim. Um, but I think I am definitely with Dame on this one. I mean, guys like Adam Chera are due back really soon, who's someone I'm definitely keeping an eye on, despite him having a, a pretty rough buy for my team. But he's only around, what, almost 500K, a little bit below 500K. Um, Tom Mitchell is probably the cheapest I've ever seen Tom Mitchell in my years of playing. Um, you know, jump on him now. You've got Dangerfield is probably coming back at some time this year. Zach Butters probably coming back sometime this year. Um, although he didn't have a bad game before getting injured. But even then, still, there's plenty of people to look for in those lines. I think we've covered that one, so we'll move on. Jacko is asking, should he double downgrade this week to Caleb Poulter and Collier Dawkins? Or one up, one down, Powell to T. Mitchell or Warner to Marshall? I'm going to say, I don't think Chad Warner or Tom Powell should be traded yet. I do think, however, that Tom Powell should be traded soon because he'll peak in price. Forget about what he's averaging. Forget about how his performances have been. He's a rookie and he's only played, what, like 13 games in the last 18 months or something because of COVID. So he's going to get rested at some point. Their buy is coming up. He's probably the perfect player to move without having to use two trades to get in a premium. So he's probably going to get to the, to about a three ninety sort of sort of price at his peak. Um, you can trade him to someone who's going to probably get around that price as they lower f- from having a high break even. Same with Chad Warner. What the f- what is the forward line? What is the forward line? Chad Warner could be... But a miserable pile of secrets. Sorry. (laughs) Chad Warner could be a premium forward by the end of the year, for all we know, because of who's in the forward line and the fact that everyone keeps getting injured or suspended or something. Yeah, uh, I would agree. Um, Although I don't mind trading Chad Warner uh, personally just because the forward line is kind of my trash pile where I throw my laundry in the corner of the room waiting waiting for it to be done later. Um, Powell and James Jordan, um, we were talking about this, kind. we kind of touched on this pre-podcast, but I think they're probably the two rookies that I would prioritize as the last ones to go. Uh, they've been performing quite well. Their prices still haven't quite peaked based on their averages, but they've got really good roles and they're very talented at football. And I think consistency-wise, I have I am no problem with them getting to M7, M8, and then dealing with that trade later. 
like you said, I mean, the forward line is kind of a trash pile at this moment, but um, at the same time, it's hard to also pass up on rookies who are playing like Poulter, like Riley Collier-Dawkins. But that being said, Lockie Jones could be on the horizon, so someone to keep an eye on. He may be a couple weeks away. So there is somebody, like another one, who probably comes in to that port side. They ha- they gave him a good run before. I don't see why he wouldn't make his way back. Um, and he's got a negative break even. So, look, keep at it. If you can bring a primo in, bring a primo in if it suits your structure. It's points on field. Doing it now benefits you more now if you're going for overall because bringing Tom Mitchell is never a bad idea. However, if you're strapped for cash and you want to capitalize on the rookies now, you can double downgrade and then make that money. Tom Mitchell's going to go up a bit in price next week, but you can probably still get him then. He's not unattainable unless he scores uh, 300 points. We'll move on because me and you clearly had different opinions when it came to that question. So we probably didn't set his him straight at all there, but... Um, <laughs> We're basically giving you both sides of the fence for you to consider. Don't trade Powell, I think, is the one thing that we agreed on. Yeah. Donovan has asked, should we prioritize getting a full premium team as soon as possible? Or should we be planning for the buys? And then he says that he's looking at Darcy Moore as a cheap option in defense. Darcy Moore has been playing good in the defense. He's 380 or so K. Uh, what he put out on the weekend, a 145 or something ridiculous like that. It was a massive score like that, yeah. yeah. It was a big score, um, and it just shows if you play the position that you're good at in football, you will score well. Uh, just a little tip for you, Bucks. Um, he scored 130, sorry, on the weekend. Just double-checking myself. He's priced at 365, but he doesn't suit your buy structure. <sighs> Sometimes you have to cop it and fix it elsewhere. Prioritizing getting a full premium as soon as possible or planning for the buys. If you're playing for overall, planning for the buys is kind of essential because otherwise you end up, uh, maybe you beat some guys one week and then you're absolutely killed the next week when you don't have enough players. So getting a good balance. The one thing that I'll say is you can plan for the buys and also get a full premium team in ASAP in the same planning because the buyers, you have three trades per round. That's when most people will be aiming to complete their teams as best they can. Yeah. Um, I think if you're looking at Darcy Moore and you're trying to find a reason to not bring him in, we don't have one for you because if he has the role and he's obviously scoring well, which means that Collingwood are doing well, absolutely. That's a, great option for 365 if he doesn't suit your buys and that makes you uncomfortable then you've already got your answer um plan for the buys though next question comes from rick uh should i burn a trade just so i don't have to look at patrick cripps 65 points every week and leck has already replied to this one but i 100 percent agree if everything else in your team is fine then yes. That's it. You you missed the boat to jump off Patrick Cripps in the same way that I missed the boat to jump off Josh Kelly. You kind of need to ride it now and hope that it pans out. If it doesn't pan out, you can fix it later. Uh, if you have no other issues and Patrick Cripps is the only issue that you have, then yeah, you've got a free pass to do that. All right. 
He's been the player on everyone's lips this week. Everyone's looking for someone in the forward line who can make some sense of their team. And quite frankly, this man makes no sense to me, but Errol Flynn has asked about Aaron Hall, has said, take away some injury games and he looks like a 105 plus averaging player. Good role, loves a cheap touch, and he thinks that 80-ish is his floor, which means it's equaling a dream forward. And then he ends it with thoughts, question mark? I, I'm... Honestly, I've... No. <laughs> I'm not... I'm not on the Aaron Hall train. Or should I say the Aaron Hall way? Look, I... I'm not much of a bad Juju guy, but I have a feeling that my opinion will be the opposite of Juju. I don't think he's a good selection just because he had a couple good games. Uh, I think his, if you wouldn't pick a guy with that kind of injury risk before, why would you pick him now? Um, but at the same time, very genuinely, uh, the first thing that I had when people started talking about him was Aaron Hoop. Um, because I he's kind of come from the heavens. He played 15 games last season, and the previous two seasons he combined for something like 12 based off injury. Like he missed chunks of a season, like injury, he was gone for the rest of the year. Injury, he was gone for the rest of the year in 18 and 19. Um, 2020 shortened quarters may have helped that, and he still missed two games in 2020. I'm not particularly sure of the reason why, but he's only had three scores over 100, 133, a 106, and a 113. He's had a six in a game that he got injured. He's had an 81 against the Dogs in round three, which is fine, I guess, Um, and a 37 against Geelong, which I don't know if that's injury affected or not. Um, Probably should have done more research, but I look... If you are desperate for someone at 419k, it's it's so or it's such an awkward price as well. Like such an I'd, awkward player is like he's not someone who we talk about as being a reliable scorer or as a reliable super coach option, but he has been scoring well. It's just not someone that I'm I'm not just not someone that I can put my trust into, you know? Yeah, I and I'm I'm firmly with you on that boat. Like and we're all worried about job security and like injuries and all that sort of stuff. We want players who are durable, who won't get suspended, who won't, who aren't too old that they'll get injured. But then we're looking at players like Aaron Hall, and it's like, do you want the points on your field, or do you want someone who's going to stay into your team? Four hundred nineteen k, you could get a lot more players who are either performing better, more consistently, or have less history of massive injury. Um, for 419k around that price, you know, you're looking at guys like for a little bit more, you can get Jarman Impey. For a little bit more, you can get Tom McDonald, who's in the top eight forwards. For a little bit more, you can get Dane Zorko. For 80k more, big upgrade, you can get Dane Zorko. Wait it out. See how he goes. All right. So I'm going to quickly answer this question, and I agree, and I think that we'll both agree on the answer here. Um, is it worth trading J- Chad Warner out to get in Jared Lyons? Yes. We'll move on to the next question. Um, Valid Prawn 
has asked, should I cop a donut in defense if R- Ryan Mansell is omitted? Or should I trade in a primo? I have 513k in the bank. Mate, get a primo in. You you, you can you can afford Callum Mills. You've you've got 513k and you're gonna go oh should I cop a donut? Should I cop a donut? No. You have the money to buy anyone to fill that. Fill fill you know what? You got a hole? You fill that hole. You take that cash, you spend it on a primo. There are guys who are even underpriced. Stephen May is still underpriced if you want to take a shot. Guys like Dan Houston still oh he's uh he's injured, isn't he? Was he injured? Dan Houston might be in. Dan Houston might be injured. I take that back. But there are still guys around that really cheap mark. Jaden Short is cheaper than he's ever been. 475. Uh Jordan Ridley, 488. You could get Rory Laird for like 5k. On top of that 513. He's 5.20. Don't take the donut. Bring in a primo. You've got money in the bank. I don't know why that's even a question. Don't panic. You could you could use that money anywhere. The world is your oyster. Go shopping. Go find a pearl. Can I have some? That's all the questions. Good. That's all the questions. So all <laughs> of the questions this week have been answered pretty much. Um well, Damo, question for you. What are you doing with your team this week? Con- contentious. I've, I'm trading out Matthew Flynn, but I'm bringing in Tom Mitchell. I Matthew Flynn, even if he plays, that is not points on the field, and I need points on the field. So I'm trading Matt Flynn to Tom Mitchell, and I am trading Tyler Brockman down to Caleb Poulter. I had about 250K in my bank. You don't think Brockman has the potential to come back this week? He has the potential, but if he keeps at his current average, he's also he's only got about thirty k left to make. So I'm not That's missing fair. out on too much. Yeah, That's a fair call. Sounds like some good moves. What about you, Clarky? Uh, I am wrestling with uh, two options. Uh, one of those options is just to bring in double downgrade. Bring in Riley Collier Dawkins for Jordan Clark, and then to downgrade the likes of Chad Warner to Poulter. I like it. I like it. I I would keep Chad Warner though. I know, but doing that trade nets me four hundred k and brings in a guy who is making money, not losing it. The other option okay. I have is Jordan Clark down to Dawkins still. Uh, and then trading Chad Warner and then bringing in Callum Mills. And Rory Laird becomes a midfielder. I like Callum Mills more. Yeah, uses every, uses pretty much all of my money is the thing that scares the absolute pants off me, though. Yeah, I still like Callum Mills as an option. We have one late entry as a question. I love and it. it comes from Lek. Comes from Lek Dog. What the hell do I do with Shea Bolton? Three weeks is a long time. Three weeks is a short time for a broken wrist, actually. I want to say hold, at least for one week. Because Damien Hardwick wasn't to... Uh, he didn't want to confirm that he would definitely be three weeks out. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. Yeah, I think it's you could almost wait and see. Um, you don't have to get rid of him immediately. It's not... I don't think it's done... If you have the bench cover... 
you could probably wear that for a week and see how it goes. Just bad luck for people who had traded him in. Well, you know, I told people not to do it, but for other reasons. Uh, and I was wrong about those other reasons. So <laughs> this is the universe correcting it. So once again, I'm always correct. Uh, yeah, I think hold if you have cover. If you are desperate, have no cover and are panicking, you could probably sideways him. But I would do so at your own peril because it's not a long-term injury. Even by the reports, it's not a long-term injury. Yeah, I would um, I would hold on to him at least for one week just so you can get the updated injury report from Richmond um, next week to see how far away he really is. Yeah. Uh, breaking news as well for any Ben Brown owners. Uh, looks like Sam Wiedemann might come back in this week. Uh, Luke Jackson has a broken finger and will not be playing in the Carlton game this week. So it looks like they'll probably move Jackson out and Wiedemann will come in as a kind of like-for-like. Ben Brown can do some of the forward rucking and then Max Gorn will take a lot of the ruck duties. So another one for captain options as well. Opens the doors there. I'm very sad because Dog has been on an absolute tear this year. I think we're at the end. Any anything to plug? Uh, no, I'm I'm where I always am on Twitter uh, at Quantum JC on the Twitter. Uh, Demo, I love you, and I don't think it's actually said enough the amount of work you do to get this out every week uh, in the turnaround to record and then release this. So thank you so much for that. It's it's awesome doing these. I have a lot of fun. I'm quickly going to plug uh, the Jock Reynolds YouTube channel that Lek has recently started up. He. Uh, has recently uploaded a video of him reacting to Nick Revolt's uh, 200-plus Supercoach point game versus Carlton back in, I think it's 20, uh, 2008 um, or around then. Um, and there's going to be more content on there. Like me and Clark, you're probably going to do some tier list vi- videos where we rank uh, footy commentators and... I like that. And we might even and we might even do the theme songs as well, like we did earlier in the year. Oh, I've um, got I've got time. So we, I've got time and notes, baby. You can find us. Love a tier list. Love you, community. Love you guys. See you next week. Be good.